This episode of the I Hear Design podcast is brought to you by Ultratech. Ultratech stainless steel cable and fittings are the perfect option for commercial applications, providing an unobstructed and impressive view. Ideal in sports stadiums, rooftop decks, interior and exterior stairways, Ultratech cable and fittings provide architects and designers creative flexibility and versatility in their designs and a strong finishing statement. Offering options that can be hidden in the post or exposed, Every component has been precision engineered and manufactured in the U.S. Visit www.ultra-tech.com for our architectural resource library, providing everything you need in one place. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the I Hear Design podcast. I'm Robert Yaminen, Chief Content Director with INS and Buildings, and I hope you all are doing well wherever you're listening in from today. It's been a little while since we last aired a podcast, and my apologies for the radio silence, but we've been busy working on a few exciting new projects, uh, one of which we're going to be talking about today with my guests who I will introduce you all to in a moment. But first, a bit of backstory. As many of you know, uh, we went through a rebranding process with INS last year and announced our new look and mission statement with our January-February issue. So as part of that rebranding, we adopted a new uh, ethos statement that's captured by our updated tagline that you may have seen on our website. It's design with purpose. What that means to us is we believe design has the power to positively impact people on the planet. And we want to regularly highlight the architects, designers, uh, the projects and product manufacturers that are making an impact in our communities. In other words, we're not just about the superficial approach to what's hip or whatever. We're a brand that stands for what matters, purposeful design. That means we can't just pay lip service to our mission, however. Uh, we want to walk the talk, so to speak, uh, to help make an impact on actual projects that are creating beauty while making a difference. Given that we're a media brand, though, and not directly involved in shovel-ready projects, that presented a bit of a challenge to us. So we decided to look for a partner that's already doing great work and roll up our sleeves to help out in whatever ways we can. So in our search, we learned that the team at HKS uh, has an impact initiative called Citizen HKS, uh, which has been supporting communities in need since 2014. And as it turns out, they recently began work on an amazing new community-based project at the Benefield site in Richmond, Virginia, along with their nonprofit partner, Boaz and Ruth, which you'll hear more about in just a few minutes. So long story short, uh, when we heard about the Benefield project, we reached out to HKS and asked how we could help. And after some discussion, we determined the best way we could lend our support was to leverage our contacts uh, with industry suppliers uh, and help solicit in-kind or discounted donations of building materials, uh, products, furnishings uh, to help reduce the overall cost of the project. And we're also providing uh, media coverage of the project, obviously, uh, and coverage of its generous donors uh, and sponsors throughout the duration of, the, of its construction and donating a percentage of any proceeds we earn uh, that will be invested back into the Benefield project. Uh, it's a prod partnership that we are really excited about. And the following uh, is a conversation that I had with the team at HKS and Boaz and Ruth uh, to tell you guys more about this uh, exciting new project at Benefield. So have a listen. All right. Well, hey, Megan, Nick, and Dorian, it's good to see you guys. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having us. 
Of course. Well, I'm super excited about our conversation today because I wanted to share with our listeners uh, the story behind the Benefield Project and the amazing work that you all are doing, um, which I touched on briefly in my introduction. Um, but there's so much more to this project that uh, I want to unpack. So uh, let's get the conversation started. Um, and before we do, uh, could you all just just give us a quick um, introduction and tell us your name and title, uh, you know, where you're joining from and what you do. So um, Megan, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm Megan Rollins, and I am the president and CEO of Boaz and Ruth, uh, local nonprofit in the north side of Richmond, Virginia. Okay, great. What about you, Nick? Hi, Robert. Uh, I'm Nick Cooper. I'm the design director for HKS Richmond. I'm also co-director for Susan HKS, which is our 1% solution for giving back to communities in need. And I'm the project lead for uh, Reimagining Benefield. Awesome. Okay. What about you, Dorian? Hey guys, I'm Dorian Sosa. I'm a junior designer at HKS Architects and I'm studying to become a licensed architect. Um, I'm currently located in Chicago, in the Chicago office, but I'm working closely with my Richmond office, the old Richmond office that I used to work at. Um, that's me. All right. Well, great. Well, I'm glad you guys are here. So uh, for our listeners that, you know, they may not have seen the article that we ran in our January, February issue on Benefield, um, can you guys tell us a little bit about the backstory of the Benefield project? Like how did it emerge and how did Boaz and Ruth and HK uplink up uh, for this project? Yeah, Megan. So how about I start this one? This one actually is, uh, I'd say this is a project 10 years in the making. This is what I like to say is because, um, you know, I've been working with a local nonprofit in the city of Richmond called Storefront for Community Design. So if you think about Citizen HKS and what that means for our firm internationally, that's what that is to our city in Richmond. And so they're a local nonprofit dedicated to supporting uh, communities in need. And so three or four years ago, I talked to the director at the time, Ryan Wren, and said, how can we combine Citizen HKS and Storefront and do something impactful in Richmond? Do you have an opportunity in Richmond that I may or may not know about that we can really create the most impact? And so he directed us to Megan and Boaz and Ruth in the community of Highland Park. And that's really how this project was born. Megan, you want to expand on that from your side of things? Yep. I think... Um probably similar experience. So Ryan connected uh, us with Nick and we had a great opportunity to discuss impact in terms of the neighborhood, not just a single building. And Nick saw the vision and was able to, I think, think bigger than the single building and how would this impact a whole community? And so this was the first step in terms of what project might be the most ready, should we apply for? And, um, laying out that vision. Yeah, okay. Um, what would you say are some of the goals and vision for the project? Like what were you hoping or are you hoping to accomplish with the Benefield and Highland Park communities? Yeah, so I'll talk about that in terms of community development. And then okay. Nick, maybe you can talk about how design impacts community. So first and foremost, we wanted to uh, take this building that was already partially in service and build on the innovation that was happening within the building. So a third of the building has been renovated and it has five area organizations that are serving high school students within our community. And they each have their individual programming and then have come together to create what the students have called city builders. So it's an asset-based mapping uh, program where the students are taking a look at the community and finding the assets, but also deficits and learning how to 
organize to get in front of leaders and to affect change within the community. And so recognizing that the rest of the building could, the innovation center could be a catalyst for the rest of the building. As an organization, we have affordable housing. And so we thought, is this an opportunity? Also looking at our neighborhood, which is being very quickly gentrified. Could we draw a line in the sand and help stop the gentrification and provide additional affordable housing for uh, long-term Highland Park community residents? And so uh, in talking with Nick, we said, you know, Boaz and Ruth has tried really hard in our 18 years to be an organization that does with rather than for or to community. And um, again, I think it must be that our values are so closely aligned that HKS said, absolutely. We don't wanna move forward without community conversation. And so this whole journey has been um, multiple community conversations and presentations and feedback from community uh, in terms of not just design, but also what is it that you want to see in the building? And uh, so that's what we're hopeful that this expansion and renovation of the building will do in terms of community, that community sees themselves in it and uh, they are the ones that have ownership of it rather than Boaz and Ruth as an organization. Hmm. Yeah, that's good. Nick, you want to add on to that? Sure. And Megan, that was fantastic. I mean, going back to one of the things that you mentioned, you know, when, when we look at projects as, as architects and designers, we like to kind of take the scale that we're given and, and kind of zoom out and, and understand how it's impacting the greater scales, how it's impacting the commercial corridor that Highland Park is establishing, how it's impacting the community, how it's connecting back to the city and and really kind of, like you said, taking a look at this opportunity to be a catalyst for more and not just within its own four walls, right? We wanna adaptively reuse a beautiful uh, building like the Benefield building, and we wanna do it well, but we also want to take in consideration the urban design aspect, the community engagement aspect, how are we supporting the neighborhood? How are we designing with the neighborhood and responding to their needs first and foremost? Um, and so that was really important to us. And, and, and throughout the whole process, if we're setting goals for the project, like Megan said, as designers, we're not trying to come in and design something for them in a vacuum. We want them side by side, uh, locked arms in, in, in uh, designing something that is truly sustainable, not in the environmentally sustainable uh, aspect alone, but in terms of living on, because there's a wonderful thing that's happening with Highland Park is, is the youth empowerment um, you know, uh, movement that's happening. And how can we support that? And how can we set them up for success for the long term, for generations and generations? So not only for this project, but other similar projects in neighborhoods around the country, that's another goal. This isn't just a, a project that lives in Richmond. This story and this opportunity to not only embed yourself in the community like Boaz and Ruth has done, but also taking this process and learning from this process so other architects and other designers can take this process to their communities and really build agency and build a sense of connectedness and uh, change the way we design with our communities. Hmm. So that's that's really kind of the, the bigger vision that we have as Citizen HKS and HKS uh, for this project. Right. Yeah. No, that's great. And I love that you touched on the community element so much, which kind of leads into my next question about, you know, the role that they played in, in actually guiding the vision, like the people in the community, like, what did you learn from them in the conversations that you had? I mean, what, what is it that they were looking for um, that, that sort of 
um, made its way into the design. So when we first launched these conversations, I was fully expecting that the feedback we'd hear from community was going to be, we'd like to see high quality uh, daycare, or we don't have access to uh, a local grocery store. So can this building provide those or be the spaces for those? And surprisingly, that's not what we heard. What we heard, again, thinking about the gentrification challenge that our community is facing was very clear from the community was don't forget about us, right? Honor our history, honor the space um, and don't erase us, make this a space for us. And so um, I just think HKS has done a beautiful job in listening to that. And in each iteration of design, it's gone back to community. Uh, and we have started to talk about kind of those more granular details in terms of what do you want the building to function as? Uh, because that will be important as we talk about putting the building into full service. And again, as Nick said, sustainable within the community. So we are talking again with Storefront. There's another building that Storefront is helping to shepherd a process through that a land trust nonprofit in our city has um, taken ownership of. And so they're putting together an RFP for specific types of organizations that the community has identified and their process is laid out that once the RFPs are evaluated, the finalist groups will then pitch their ideas to the community. And then, um, so we're talking with them about whichever organizations don't move forward, but had the pitch opportunity. Let's talk with them as well. So that we're again, not reinventing the wheel, doing double work, but the community is vetting it. And so the idea of working with multiple organizations to continue to build community is where we're at. But Nick, what did you find in terms of design? Yeah, I, I mean, this is one of the most uh, inspirational parts about, about the project is all about the process and how you learn from the community and what really is, is you know, top of mind. And for us as designers, you build, uh, I'll just call it an intuition. Um, you know, I've been in the profession for almost 20 years as a designer and um, you have kind of a gut level instinct of what needs to happen with certain projects like this. And when we were adding on the two floors of, of affordable housing and co-housing, you know, the first inclination was to maximize your density and, and, and take up those two volumes as dense and as, as, as full of a, of a plate as you can. But um, it was interesting how, you know, Meadowbridge, the, the street that it lines and fronts on is, is really made up of wonderful, beautiful one and two story uh, buildings that have a really wonderful scale to the pedestrian. And the community was really sensitive to that. And they were concerned about um, the, the two floors kind of uh, coming out too far to Meadowbridge. And they really wanted a stepping uh, scale to that uh, two floors of addition. So, you know, when we thought of it intuitively, we, we felt, well, there needs to be a balance between, you know, adding as many units as we can, because it is a very tight site, but also respecting the, the existing vernacular and respecting that scale. And that was already on the minds of our community. And, and they pushed for that. And, and it was wonderful to see that that was on the top of their mind. And it was wonderful for Boaz and Ruth and, and our uh, team to hear that and how important that was for them. So, so that was a big driver. Another one was obviously what Megan had hinted about was program itself. 
And so when you talk about a third of the building already being occupied by, you know, a youth empowerment kind of group of nonprofits, it was important to bake in uh, a, a program that supported that. So a makerspace that supported youth and kind of get, get them acclimated to, to build skills that they could use in the future. Mm -hmm. And then also support the rest of the building in terms of um, local uh, businesses and, 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 and having that um, catalyst between the two was really important for the program to be successful. And then the last was obviously kind of being able to tell the story of Highland Park. And so I'll, I'll, I won't take anything away from Dorian as he talks about the key design elements a little bit later on, but that was very important in, in terms of storytelling. Uh, and that came through with the, with the design, uh, the community, uh, community engagement side of things. Right. Yeah. Well, that's so great. It's so interesting that they that they had that scale as, as top of mind of uh, being important. That must have been yeah, just re reaffirming in terms of uh, uh, where you guys wanted to take the project as well. That, that you guys were all on the same page. So that's really great. Um, you touched on sustainability a little bit earlier, um, and I understand that the Benefield has a net zero uh, energy target. Um, so how you know, why was that important? Um, how's the design going to help uh, get you there? No, I, I can take this one first. Uh, you know, to Megan's credit, um, you know, we, we kind of talked about this from day one, and it's really how you achieve net zero in, in a really uh, ambitious uh, sustainability goal is, 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 is talking about it from day one and, and making sure that it is a goal. And to Megan and Boaz's credit, they want to be as environmentally responsible as, as we're being socially responsible. And so um, it, there was a little bit of education there and how to get there because there is a little bit more upfront cost. Uh, but you, if you take into account um, the life cycle cost analysis and reducing your, um, your footprint in terms of carbon and your footprint in terms of uh, life cycle um, cost and, and what that means for um, the building itself over the lifetime of, of having the building and, and the um, property, it, it makes sense. So in terms of sustainability, it was an integral in, in incorporating our um, design green expertise in-house with Kylie Rockwell. And she was um, you know, a catalyst for creating this path to net zero, which she described you know, a, a number of things, probably a dozen things on reducing the EUI for the project. And to be able to communicate that to Megan and to communicate that to the to the community was important to get buy-in from day one. Yeah. And I would say that um, on our board, we have action teams and real estate being one of our biggest action teams in our regular meetings. That's been one of the surprises that has been the most uh, talked about and exciting parts of the conversation. I thought that the board and the volunteers would be energized by the use of the building, but the idea of uh, being environmentally aware has also been top of mind as well. Yeah. And this is, if, if I may, Robert, this is yeah. what is really exciting. It's, it's not only, uh, you know, an opportunity to um, do what's right for the building, but it's a teaching moment. And if we're talking about educating our, our youth and the next generation of what's most important and, and thinking in the realm of sustainability for us as a civilization and what's happening with, um, you know, um, climate action, this is an opportunity to, to, to make a great uh, difference uh, for, this, for this community. And there are not many 
um, net zero projects for enrichment at all. So, you know, this would set a, a huge um, marker in the city, not only for this wonderful community, but for our entire city that, that we need to start making more progress. And uh, we just did it in Highland Park. We need to kind of up the game everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's great that it has that, you know, the environmental footprint it considers, but then also the human impact, uh, you know, to the community as well. So that's fantastic. Um, well, I've seen renderings of the project. It looks amazing. Um, Doreen, do you want to talk us through a little bit about some of the design elements and the features that make this uh, such a unique um, space? Yeah, definitely. Love to. Well, uh, let's see what, what makes this project unique. Firstly, Bennefield is a marriage between a series of, ex of historical single story structures and a contemporary housing complex sitting atop the existing bones. This I would say is the first thing that comes to mind when you look at the building and it's the most obvious, it's most obvious to the current community. The project is truly a uh, conglomerate of not just spaces, but time itself. Mm -hmm. And we think this is quite special. The design team worked closely with the client and the community, uh, all three of which uh, strove to preserve and restore as much of the existing facade as possible. Um, the distinctive profile outlining the top of the street facade to Spanish roof shingles covering the main entry, uh, the main entry arch doors, and of course the vibrant fabric of the community renowned Six Point Innovation Center, or Six Pick for short, are, are all key elements that we preserved. Um, the project goal was ultimately not to take away, but to add on to the community, something that Megan uh, said earlier. And like Six Pick, a local youth-driven community center who, who truly exemplifies this goal, the heart of the community, Six Pick was a catalyst that sparked a conversation for this project. And it has been something that has influenced the evolution of the entire project throughout the process. Um, the living units are designed as first time apartments for, for those living by themselves for the first time, for those reestablishing themselves within the community and for small families in a transitional phase in their lives. Um, so once again, the community is really special and the project's really just trying to say, we're here for you. Um, a tremendous roof garden shared between the, the community spaces on level one, the living units above, and the living units above, the utilization over 3,000 square feet of uh, solar panels to help the building achieve net zero, the communal kitchen, along with the communal laundry and lounge spaces, encourage interaction between the residents and the large curtain wall enclosed stair frames a passage between public to private and old to new. And I think these are all features that really make the project unique. There's, there are just so many. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and that's, that's part of the reason we, we love this project when we heard about it. Um, and we, you know, as a, as a media brand wanted to, to support it in whatever way we could. So, um, you know, we thought it would be helpful to find in-kind donations from suppliers, and manufacturers to kind of help reduce some of the costs uh, for this. Um, what, what impact is that having on the bottom line? Have, are you, um, you know, you, do you have any sense of that yet or, or just kind of what impact it might have on the project overall by, by having some of the sponsors sort of uh, provide some of these donations? I can take this one. Well, first and foremost, I, I think, um, you know, we've been overwhelmed with you know, the, the amount of uh, willing, um, you know, in-kind donations from suppliers and manufacturers and, and, and your catalyst for connecting us to them. I, I just, you know, so very grateful for uh, the work and the, 
time you all have taken to invest in, in our community in Richmond. So I, I just want to say thank you very much um, from Susan HKS and from the whole design team. Um, it's been pretty remarkable. And so uh, the impact is, is still kind of in process because we've also been working with Parsons to identify um, healthy materials uh, in being kind of a framework for future uh, affordable housing projects around the country. And so we're both vetting uh, from that side of things and, and also the in-kind donations and suppliers. And I know we have several um, already committed to the project and I think we're at about a 10% uh, reduction in first costs, which is incredible. And then going back to the sustainability side of things, I know there's several large cost items from a, from a um, net zero perspective that might have made this prohibitive, prohibitive to even go after, but your kindness and the kindness of the suppliers and manufacturers, you know, will get us to get us closer to net zero dis distinction. So again, we can't um, thank you all enough for the the time and effort and commitment to this project in our community. Yeah, awesome. And we're we're happy to help. Uh, it's just, you know, it's in our DNA to to do that. You know, we want to walk the talk and 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 support projects like this. So uh, I just. Love that this is coming together and can't wait to see where it, where it goes. So is there a sort of an overarching message that you want to convey or, or maybe advice you can even, you know, provide to designers, design firms that are looking to make a greater impact with their projects um, and, and sort of what you've learned uh, to date? Um, yeah, I can go first. Uh, I think for me, it's twofold. One, it's, it's really about relationship building. Um, for me, it's been one of the most remarkable things about this project. It's getting to know and understand your community in a really deep way. Um, it's been probably almost a three-year process. And um, I consider Megan a, a close friend of mine and colleague. And um, I consider Highland Park my community. Um, I'm heavily invested into in, in it. I'm emotionally um, and and. I'm just very committed to doing whatever it takes to, to help in this way. And, and that goes back to my second point. I just encourage designers to kind of go above and beyond maybe 10% uh, of what you're asked to do. Um, because I think as architects and designers, it's, it's our purpose to um, give back and, and to really bring influence um, in, in ways that um, you know, others might not see. And so what I mean by that is, you know, I knew, you know, our scope is, is to draw the building and to, to think of the big ideas, but I knew fundraising and, and that sort of thing was not in our scope, but it was a, it was a, it was a challenge for us. So how could I, as a designer, connect people? It goes back to relationships. So I started to think about, well, I know somebody at Capital One, how can we connect them to Megan and, and, and the opportunity to help help fund the project and make it a reality. So just think about yourself as a community builder first and not as an architect and designer, but someone that is really there for the benefit of the people. Yeah. So that's that's my biggest takeaway uh, from this experience. And I just wanna thank you, Megan, for trusting us and um, helping steward the process. And, and hopefully in, in some time, we'll be cutting the ribbon and um, you know seeing the fruit of, of our long uh, and prosperous labor. Oh, we're very much looking forward to it. And I would say, while this obviously is not a nonprofit conversation, it has been, as an organization, encouraging because sometimes in the nonprofit community, there's this scarcity idea. 
of, um, you know, take, don't always ask for the best because your funders are going to be looking and saying, why is it that you're spending this uh, money on this? What about programming or what about, you know, other projects? And I would just say the, the um, generosity and the level of excellence that we have experienced in terms of not just design, but as Nick said, you know, friendships and a willingness to dive deep well beyond design has been one of the greatest gifts that I think that they've given to us. And so uh, wearing my nonprofit hat, it's just exciting to hopefully encourage other organizations that are community development organizations or housing organizations to know that there really is this great community out there that uh, doesn't think about how can we do this at bottom dollar, but how can we do this to the benefit with communities? Yeah, absolutely. That's so good. What about you, Dorian? Um, you want to offer your perspectives on on what you've learned in working uh, on the Benefield project today? Um, I straight out of uh, grad school, I moved to Richmond for my first job. I was there for, I think, just over three and a half years. Um, so the community really changed me. Um, I grew to love the place, and I have tons of friends that are still there, um, including Nick. So any chance I have to help a community that inspired me so much and that was a step uh just in not just like my career life but life in general um then i appreciate being able to help help them and that's part of the reason why i wanted to stay with this project sure I, I'm, I have other projects in chicago right now but i try to work with my project managers to make sure they allow a lot for a certain amount of hours that i can help nick and stay on this project just because uh it's it's been interesting working with, the, there, there, there's just been so many different people that have worked on the project at HKS and even outside of HKS. And I've gotten to work with a lot of them. And I just want to say like all these people are, are working on just completely different things within the project. So being able to like jump around and help them all out, I'm really learning a lot. Um, it all started with design. And I still remember we were doing like uh, mass and volume studies. Now, and then it moved to like angle shapes for like the solar panels. Uh, now we're uh, working with healthy materials, um, which is also great because, I mean, we're sending a message that everyone, regardless of their social uh, economic status, has a right to a healthy environment since you usually only hear of uh, healthy materials being used for for pro, for-profit projects. Um, so, so that's something really great. And then there's also the decided right now I'm working um, with the, another project manager that has recently been added to the team. And some of that is kind of almost like value engineering what we have without losing the, the main design uh, drivers and uh, I guess just scope of the project. Um, I don't know, I've, I'm extremely grateful to be on this call today and just grateful to have had the chance to work with uh, Nick, Megan, uh, talk to you, Robert and um, just be part of Benefield. It's going to be great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Thanks for your perspective, Dorian. I appreciate that. Um, well, Megan, Nick, Dorian, uh, thank you so much for being here and sharing the story of uh, Benefield with our listeners. Um, we really do appreciate it. All right. Well, I hope you all enjoyed today's episode and hearing all about this exciting new project. Um, we really are honored to be part of it and can't wait uh, to see this come to fruition. 
Uh, if you want to learn more about it, you want to see some renderings of the project, uh, head on over to our website at ins.design slash benefield-project. Well, that's it for now. Thank you all for tuning in. Uh, check back here in the coming weeks. We will have some more podcasts coming up, I promise. And as always, be well, everyone. Thank mm-hmm. you.